Welcome to another edition of the Business and Life channel by Peter Daniels. Here, every week, we explore business and life through interviews, stories and shared information. You'll meet some amazing people and gain valuable understanding of not only what people have achieved in business and life, but their thinking behind their achievements, their motivations, their struggles and victories. You'll pick up on the lessons they've learned, the things they did on their business and life journey that worked, why they did it, and maybe even some things they wouldn't do again. So let's join Peter for this week's episode. We trust that you enjoy it. Well, good morning. I'm here with Tim Andrews from Archeo IP. And Tim's been a client of mine now for uh, about four or five years. And he's in the area of trademarks, patents. Uh, he's a trademark attorney. Uh, he also deals with registered designs, which is good. And I thought it'd be really good to have a chat with him because sometimes when we start a business or we get this really good idea, we go roaring off at 100 mile an hour to implement that and we don't necessarily fully understand some of the legal implications of some of the things that we're doing. So that's why I've invited Tim to come along today. Welcome, Tim. How are you doing? Oh, good, Peter. Thank you for having me. Ah, that's good. Well, it's good to have you here, Tim. So your background was in engineering. I think you had 30 years in engineering, but you've had the last 10 years as a patent attorney. Could you explain to people what a patent attorney is? Oh, a patent attorney is, in essence, someone who can represent somebody before the patent office and help them through the patent system. Patents and trademarks you can do by yourself, but it's like you can also do brain surgery by yourself. Not recommended as the result will probably not be terribly good. So I can help people basically navigate through the system and get protection for their inventions or their designs or their trademarks and help them if they find someone else is infringing on okay, their patents cool. or trademarks. Cool. I think sometimes, Tim, as I said in the prelude here, uh, people get this idea or something flashes through their mind and they see the money potentiality of that and they go, gee whiz, I'm going to get this up and running. So maybe we can talk about several things today. We can talk about patents, trademarks, registered designs, what TM means when they put that on something. So maybe we could start with what a patent is. Could you explain to us what a patent is, buddy? Okay. A patent is basically a reward for people's endeavours. People have always been coming up with something new and people have always been copying it. Um, if that happens, people disincentivize to make something new. Society wants new things because everybody prospers for it. So society introduced the system of protecting people's new inventions in, by giving them mm. a monopoly over it for a 20-year period. So that encourages people to, to know that they can go out there, spend the time and effort, come up with something new and be able to exploit, the, exploit it themselves. If they come up with a, a new and better widget, that's probably where a patent comes in. Yeah, the patents are for protecting widgets, how something works. Okay, so it's how something works. It's, so, it could be a mechanism or it could be a chemical process. Okay, so it could be anything that, that works, protecting a process of some sort. Yes. Okay, so some people probably wouldn't know this, but talking to a patent attorney like you is really useful because our capital city, Adelaide, had a fair bit to do with patents and some people wouldn't know that Edison's electric light was patented in Adelaide Amongst other places, yes. The um, South Australia had a patent system when it was still a colony that was um, taken over as 
by the Commonwealth after Federation. Yeah, right. Okay. And so um, he's, he, he did a patent here for the electric light, which is, which is quite amazing. Having a, having a think about things, Tim, you would see a lot of people who potentially get a process in place, get an idea, and how, how important is it to actually talk to a, a patent attorney early on in the piece? There's two sides to that, Peter. There is the ability to protect what you've come up with and there is ensuring that you're not treading on somebody else's toes. So if someone else already has a patent for what you're wanting to do, then um, you're best to steer clear of it or else they might come after you. And and, okay. you, and if you want to spend the time and effort in developing something, you want to have some surety that you can protect it. We can help in both ways, uh, basically searching to see what's out there already. For a patent, to be able to get a patent, it has to be new in respect to anything anywhere on the world. So if someone did the same thing in Bolivia 15 years ago, you couldn't get a patent for it in Australia today. Trademark. What is a trademark, Tim? Well, a trademark is basically a sign that identifies the source of trade. It can be a name, it can be a logo or a combination of the two. It could even be a colour. Like you have the instance of uh, Cadbury's um, thinking that the colour purple belongs to them as their trademark and they're the only people who can use the colour purple in relation to chocolates. So they've, they've promoted that for many years. And they that's, have. That's probably they why can... they associate that with the product. Yes, they came and stuck with Daryl Lees, though, who have also been using the colour purple for many, many years. And so people, I think, can get into trouble, Tim, also when they come up with names, can't they? Oh, you have to be careful. You want to have a name that you can use and build the reputation in for your for your business. There's no point trading and then suddenly, six months later, getting a letter from a large multinational saying, um, you know, cease and desist, you can't use that name anymore or uh, you're going to court. So you want to ensure that you have a name that you can actually use and better still, one that you can protect yourself to stop other people using it once you have your own reputation developed. So a cease and desist. What is that, Tim? Oh, it's basically a warning saying that you're treading on our toes. Uh, it's usually we have a registered trademark. We think you're in- infringing upon it. Stop using it or um, our next letter will be a summons to court. I had a person ring me recently out of the blue. I did not know them. They were in tears. They had started their own business several years ago. And this is not the name they had, but pretend their name was Magic Boss and they made magic tricks and sold them. So they developed up this business and they're doing quite well. And then they get a letter from Hugo Boss saying, oh, we think your magic boss is um, too close to our name, Hugo Boss. Please stop. Otherwise, trouble. Otherwise, trouble. And if you're in that situation and you're facing someone like Hugo Boss who has um, very deep pockets, your only real option is to to stop using it. So if you spent time and effort and money in, in trying to develop your brand, you throw it all the way and start again. And I think this can even impact on not just business names, but potentially website addresses, some of the language that we use. Um, oh, you have to I'm be sure. careful in all those areas. You can register a, a business name that is very close to someone someone's trademark, but you wouldn't be able to use it in trade, but you'd be able to have it as a business name and you could have it as a web address. But yeah, if you use it to sell, to identify your products, Eventually, you will come unstuck. How does it work then, Tim, if Joe opens a fish and chip shop and puts a sign out the front that says, best fish and chips in Australia? He's quite entitled to do that. There's no trouble there, but someone else could also put a sign out saying exactly the same thing. And will either of them get in trouble for that? 
not with each other. It's something like that you could not you you could not protect. I've got the best fish and chip shop in Australia. Yeah, so have I. So have I. So so is Fred. So is Ted. Something that's laudatory or descriptive, you essentially can't protect. So you'd be relatively safe in that sort of situation. But if someone came in, or someone existed that had Joe's Fish and Chip Shop nationally already, and you opened one Joe's Fish and Chip Shop, and it looked similar, you'd be in trouble. Wouldn't you'd be you? in trouble. Yep. Can we just keep talking about this for a while, Tim? Because I think some people really don't comprehend the tangled mess that they can get into on on some names, even some logos, even some sayings where they come up with a really neat saying and probably an early step is just for them to Google what they've got in mind and see if anyone else exists with it, wouldn't it? Oh, that's, that's a really easy first step. You just want to steer clear of other people's names, particularly if they're anything close. If it's totally different industry, yeah, someone who makes nuclear power reactors and you're, you're wanting to sell hamburgers, you can quite happily coexist with the same name. But if, you got, if there's a big name out there, like, like what I was telling you before, Hugo Boss, don't have a name with Boss in it because they'll come after you regardless of what you do. Okay. Do we get into trouble with things like designs of things that we need to protect? Can, we, can you talk about registered design, what a registered design is? Well, registered design protects the appearance of something. So if you go to the trouble of designing something that looks really good, basically have a monopoly on how that looks. Items like Apple's products, the way that their iPod looks or their or their computers look, they, they have a very distinct design to them. So they can protect that look and that stops. And if someone comes along and copies how it looks, then they can take action against them. Some of the areas that you see people getting into trouble with, Tim, what are some of those? The most common one is trademark issues where they tread on someone else's toes and they quite often don't know about it. They start on a new adventure with this new idea, develop it, and then later on think about, oh, I might have to protect this with a patent. And then you do some searching for them and you discover it exists already. You can't protect it. Or if you actually use it yourself, you might be in, probably be, be infringing somebody else's product. Okay, so let, let's, let's think about a, a, a normal scenario. Here's someone working in province or a state of Australia and they've got this idea to expand in the state. Uh, they want to be able to, for want of a better word, cookie cut something or franchise yep. something. What's the process that they need to go through to safely get their idea or their name or their trademark up? What do they have to do? First thing is to do the, you search yourself. Mr. Google is your friend in that regard. You've got to make sure that no one's doing it locally or anywhere in Australia, and you have to also be careful about um, large overseas brands as well, staying clear clear of them. If you think it's free, then you're best served by getting in, in touch with a, a trademark attorney and they can do a search, a further search, a search of the trademark register to see if there's anything similar there and if it's likely to get through. And if it looks all clear, then they can help you with the process of getting the name registered. Once they register that, do they have to register that, say, just in Australia or across the world? Or I think all of us have heard of people who've started really good ideas and then all of a sudden someone overseas has, has done the same thing and cut off some of their market. What, what happens there, Tim? Well, you've got, to, you've got to think about that in advance. Are you likely to go overseas? And if you are, then before you decide on a name you want to use, you, you should do... The same sort of search overseas as you would do in Australia, just to make sure it's clear. Um, if you 
think it's a good one, then you can actually start the process of registering names in Australia and overseas. If you put an application in in Australia, it basically gives you rights overseas for six months. So if you file overseas in six within six months, it backdates those overseas applications to the Australian filing date. And one thing you have to be particularly careful if you've uh, got overseas agents and they're selling your products, because quite often an overseas agent might uh, choose to register your name themselves and they could hold you hold you to ransom potentially if uh, things sail in your relationship. So it's a, it's very important to protect your name yourself and to protect it wherever you are going to be using it. And I would, I would think too, Tim, that if you do that, then that adds value to the business that you've got, wouldn't it? So oh, it certainly does. Some businesses, their, their most valuable asset is their trademark. Think of the likes of Coca-Cola. I'm sure there's one mm. or two other colas out there that taste as good, if not better, but they do not have the name. So the name is, at the end of the day, some of the company's biggest assets. So it's important mm. that that's something that's protectable. And, and I think and, that the wisdom around taking on the battles that you think win. Many years ago, uh, I was in Atlanta and I drove past the house that the guy who invented Coca-Cola had and it was absolutely enormous. And <laughs> I think naivety sometimes can get us into trouble, but we need to, need to be aware that we want to have a fight. We need to have the capacity to be able to finance it. And sometimes the best best direction is just to pull back and come up with a better name, isn't it? Oh, I think the best direction is to avoid the situation in the first place. Do do your homework first off. Get the help of a good marketing person to come up with some good candidate names, then get the help of a trademark attorney to uh, help you select which one you, you can use. I do a lot of work with people who are starting out with ideas, Tim, and yep. you know that. And that's why you, know, you and I have chatted on occasions with some of the clients who come uh, to see you. I think I see this regularly where people get this fantastic idea and they go bull of the gate. And as we've said before today, it's important to stop and go, okay, what am I doing here? Maybe just run it past someone like you just so that you can have a look at it and well, do, do a bit of a search. That that would be a really wise move, wouldn't it? That, that is a wise thing. Um, you, If you disclose a new invention before you get any protection in place, you cannot protect it in many parts of the world. You need to make sure that you keep things secret till you know where you want to go with it. Sometimes a patent or a trademark or a registered design is not the right thing for people, but you need to be aware of the facts so you can make that decision beforehand. Most attorneys will be happy to give a free consultation to people um, just to give them the rough idea of what the systems are, what the rough costs are, and have they got scope for protecting what they're doing so that they can make an informed decision. You need to decide up front. You can't change your mind five years down the track and suddenly decide you want to get a patent for your product that's on the market already. You just can't do it. So so help me understand that. So if someone doesn't get a patent on something and it gets out into the marketplace, they've, they've shot themselves in the foot, have they, as far as protecting something like that? They have, yes. Wow, Some, that could be expensive, couldn't it, hey? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, sometimes uh, something like a patent is not the right thing. depends on... Um, the speed to market and the life cycle of a product. Think of something like the selfie stick. They would never have been able to get a patent for that in, in time. It just hit the market, went viral, disappeared off the planet again. Okay, so how long does a patent last, Tim? A patent can last up to 20 years. And can you do anything past that time period to protect it, or is it on no, the that, open that's, market? that's the end of it. At the end of that time, your only real protection you have left is your reputation, and you protect that with your trademark. 
I can remember seeing a movie. I can't remember all of it, but it was about a guy who invented a new system for windscreen wipers. Yep. And someone took that. I don't, can't remember who it was. Someone took it, car company, and bought that for years and years and years. And it ended up that he got paid for that because it was his invention. It sort of destroyed a whole lot of things in his life and made life difficult for yep. him in chasing that because, as you say, some of these people who've got deep pockets are quite happy to play the legal system to, to, to keep you hungry in the process. Okay, anything else that we need to chat about, Tim, in relation to patents and trademarks that, that you can think of? Because I've got one final one that I, I want to want to talk to you about. I could just reiterate, the most important thing is just get advice up front and that doesn't have to cost you any money. So you just need to know where you're at and work out if IP is right for you and if it is, budget for it and do it. But the most important thing is to, even if you don't protect your own products or your own name, you have to ensure that you're not going to tread on someone else's turf and end up with a cease and desist letter. When we see on a document somewhere, it might be a point of sale material, just those two letters, CM. That indicates that someone is telling you that that's a trademark. Um, It may or may not be a registered trademark but it's someone considers it their trademark. They might be in the process of obtaining a trademark for it or just wanting to educate people that they think it's their trademark. Quite often, some terms which are descriptive or laudatory are difficult to get through as a trademark, but if you develop a reputation for those words over time, um, that allows you to register for a trademark. Um, in the interim, you can tell people that, hey, this is my trademark by just putting a TM on it. When you actually go through the process and get a trademark registered, then you can put a uh, R in a circle next to it. I reckon I've seen two or three versions of that, Tim. I've seen just TM in capitals. Then I've seen TM reg- trademark registered. And, yep. and I think I've even seen trademark applied or something like that, where, where they've applied for one, but it's not through as yet. Yeah. Um, so are you saying then that if, and I know we're getting into difficult waters here, but if someone puts TM next to something on a point-of-sale material, they may or may not be able to protect that, but it's probably the first step. That's correct. And, it's, yeah, it's just alerting the world. It's it's something you're free to do. You can put TM next to anything. So there's no restriction there. The only restriction is is putting the R in the circle, and that's um, yeah, illegal okay. to do unless you have a actual registered right. Sometimes it gets confusing if you're dealing with overseas markets and you've got a website that's addressed to the world. You only have a registered trademark in five out of the 30 countries that you're targeting. So do you put an R in there or do you put a TM then? So to be safe, you'd put a TM. Well, I suppose if you're putting an R next to it, you're purporting that you've done the right thing and you've registered it, eh? Yeah, but um, yeah, if you're aiming at multiple countries and you don't have a registration in all those countries, then that's possibly a bit misleading. Let's talk about that just for a tick. So if, I, if someone has TM registered, it can be registered, say, in Australia, but not registered worldwide. Is yep. that right? Yeah. Okay. So the registration has happened, but the breadth of it and the extent of it, you have to go and check out, check it up. Uh, a, a good thing to do is to have a... IP page on your website. Quite a lot of companies do, and they usually list, here are all my trademarks, designs, and patents, and they list the uh, jurisdictions which they're enforcing. 
Can we have a chat about your progress this work this year in your business? Because you've been a client mine now for four or five years, but this has been really significant for you, hasn't it? In attacking some goals and benefiting from uh, the Lead Australia process. Can we have a chat about the benefits you've got out of that, Tim, thus far? Oh, the main thing is some rigour in goal setting and following up on it. I'm like everybody in the world. You know, 31st of December at about 11.55, I decide I'm going to get fit and lose weight next year. By the next week, yeah, I've forgotten about that. This year, with your help, I focus on actually setting some proper goals, goals that are achievable, uh, measurable, and uh, set about uh, succeeding with them. And so right now, where, where are you at with that goal? Oh, two, I had two main goals this year. The first one was get the health on track, with the prime focus being lose some weight. I was wanting to lose 10 kilos for the year. I've lost 15 so far, so I'd say that's a good success. Well yeah. done. And the other was um, getting systems in place for my business. I'm well progressing along that path. We won't talk numbers on that, Tim, but I, I know the numbers and you know the numbers and it's it's been a good year. It's been it? so. good progress this year. And what have you learned about yourself? Because I, I remember some of our conversations around the benefits you've got out of this and some of the hesitancies up front was going to get fit, it's going to take time, it's going to take time out of the business. But you've, you've found some unexpected benefits in, in this, haven't you? When you sit about doing your goals, things you want to achieve, the real thing that comes up at the end of the day is time and lack thereof or perceived lack of time. So you don't, yeah, you want to do all these things, but you don't have time. I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to implement systems. But if you make a focus and you find the time to do things and you quite often get a better return than the time you expended. Exercise is a classic example of that. If you spend half an hour exercising in the morning, you don't lose a half an hour out of your day. You have a day that is twice as productive as you would have otherwise. And I know we've had a chat about the benefits you've got at night. More energy. Oh, more energy morning. at night instead of seven o'clock. Let's fall asleep at watching the news. It's um. Oh, I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm alert. I can actually yep. uh, pursue some of these leisure activities that I've been wanting to pursue and not had time for. I can read a book. I can actually do a bit more work on my my business. Implement some systems for my business. Still have energy. So yep. it's I've had a lot of wins this year, and it's been down to setting goals, trying to act, and putting them in action. And I've enjoyed working with you this year, Tim, and you know, to, to achieve that in virtually, what what are we now, uh, nine months, has is, is been really significant. You've been terrific in, in keeping on track with this thing and keeping focused on it and measuring it. Oh, the um, measuring it, having, and having someone like yourself to uh, get feedback for and keep you honest is, uh, is a good thing. Helps you along the way. It is. Well, I've enjoyed our journey thus far, and I know um, that will continue. But thank you for your time today. And on this podcast, we'll be putting Tim's details. And I would highly recommend that anybody who needs to look at some of their IP to protect it or even to find out what is protectable, have a chat with Tim. He's done some things for me that have been really significant and given me a lot of good guidance. I think all of us need a series of professionals who know what they're talking about in many areas of our business. But uh, it's been a joy, Tim. Thank you for your time today, and um, I trust that everyone who hears this is a little bit wiser around protecting their IP. So thanks again, Tim. Thank you, Peter. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of the Business and Life Channel. 
For further information, extra learning and assistance with your business or life's journey and aspirations, Peter can be contacted at leadaustralia.com.au. That's leadaustralia, one word, .com.au. He'd be very happy to help. The information in this podcast can be downloaded for your personal use, but it cannot be reproduced in any form without the written consent of Lead Australia.